What happens when an unlikely protagonist and a cartoonist tries to stop an all-out alien invasion? Why, a grumpy Godzilla gets involved once more, saving all of the humans. This is Kaiju vs. History, Godzilla vs. Gaian. Welcome back to the podcast, Gadget vs. History. This is your evil cockroach alien overlord, Patrick, here. And joining me is my cyclopean scythe-handed minion, Miles. Hello, hello, Miles. Hello, 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 hello. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked to talk about this week because this, this movie was really formative in my youth. This is mm-hmm. certainly one that I had. I want to say that I had a two-pack. And I could be wrong in the actual inclusion, inclusion, but I feel like it was either Godzilla 85 or Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla and this film. Mm. And it was a two pack that we got from <laughs> Sam's Club. And yeah. I, I mean, I remember this is the one that I've probably like remember watching the most mm-hmm. uh, because of the kaiju villain, uh, not the kaiju, but the cockroach villain. But also for whatever reason, like the concept of the homework monster, like, always <laughs> stuck with me like this guy trying to pitch this homework monster i i i've seen this movie so many times as a kid and part of that was likely because i owned it on vhs where you know i was re-watching all of my stuff over and over again but this this one is is certainly uh instrumental in my love for godzilla even if it's not like his best role yeah well i, I agree with you there i think this is where Toho takes over that Gamera formula very well and begins to improve on it. I think the championship series is both some of the best and some of the worst of yeah, the Godzilla movies. I, like they're, I, they're bad movies, but they're good Kaiju films for the most yeah, part. Yeah. It's, it's certainly a weird dichotomy because there are aspects of it that I really like. And then there's aspects I feel leans too far into it being a kid's movie in no. a way that Gamera still hasn't done. And yes, certainly it's done far worse in a future Godzilla film, even though it's a movie that I very much love um, because this in this one, we actively have like on screen, the monsters communicating with each other with words. <laughs> yes. And in, in all versions, not cut out or anything. This is this is where uh, the maybe the, the manga uh, influence uh, i mean th- th- that's that's certainly and I, i'd be curious to see the influence on the history of this specific film because manga is certainly the theme uh, of this one yeah but before we get into this one done by now three-time godzilla director jun fukada and 12-time kaiju screenwriter sanichi sekizawa i need you to tell me what's in a title uh, there's too much this week. <laughs> there is so many titles and re-releases and alternative DVD I, I, I titles re- for really Patrick at Godzilla this point. All, game. all I need you to tell me is what's what's West Germany got cooking for us? How does Frankenstein no, get involved? That's the least interesting to me because it's just Frankenstein's monster or something other. Although this this movie does have I guess a crazy like Hellbrood sounds pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> Frankenstein's Hellbrood and 
the a German DVD title was Godzilla against Frankenstein's Hellblut. They're so from space, the not from hell. Interesting for for you. What? Well, what the, do you? What do you like? The most? West Germany ones. I always enjoy digging into the literal Japanese title for this one. Huh? It was Earth Attack Command: Godzilla versus Gigan, and also that. The, the early title for it, I believe, in, in script mode had instead of Gigan, Godzilla versus King Ghidorah, Earth Attack Command, Galien, <laughs> G-A-L-I-E-N is the okay. Spanish title. So like Gigan, Alien, Galien, I guess was the, the, the combination. Uh, okay, of name. okay, okay. The Monster of the Galaxies Attack the Earth. Tons of crazy titles. The VHS French title is Extermination 2025, which sounds like indeed a, a 90s VHS I mean, <laughs> I, video if they're cover. also following the, I guess, the chronology that one movie was supposed to play, take place in the far future of 1999, and this is like several mm. sequels past that, I could see that maybe this is supposed to be 2025 to them. I don't know. In Brazil, this had the dubious title of Godzilla, O Rei dos Monstros, the King of the Monsters. It's like, wait a minute, we've, we've already had that title a couple times now. Yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. So t- tons of titles out there. A lot of these alternatives for trying to sell this in your rental stores, your DVD double packs, the, of course, the odd misplaced title for the u.s release because this did get a u.s release i believe in 73 was godzilla on monster island that doesn't make a ton of sense because i mean he's about on there at one point but <laughs> maybe two minutes of the movie yeah takes place on monster island maybe well, he's, they... gi- he's given angerous orders and that's about it <laughs> yeah maybe they you know assumed that the theme park was on monster island but it is not in this film i i okay go see what that is (laughs) anger is just like all right yeah i think i i I love i love some of the some of the devices used in this movie it's I, i will say this one doesn't quite live up to my childhood memory of it i mean i've seen this movie several times as an adult but it's still a good time yeah yeah this is the one that we we have talked about a little previously, and you mentioned earlier on, has the monsters communicating in it very infamously, <laughs> mostly because it's different in both the Japanese and English version. But let's talk a little bit about the film itself. You know, a fairly classic tale. I feel like we've already seen it, but alien cockroaches take on human bodies. They make a giant theme park and try to take over the world with a statue a giant statue of Godzilla, almost life-size. It's a slightly shorter than him, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they they hope to use their own kaiju monsters, alien monsters to defeat those kaiju defenders of Earth that are still on Monster Island. And yeah, it, it, like I said, I feel like you've seen this plot before, but this is the exact plot of, of what happened in the first Men in Black movie, evil alien cockroach comes to <laughs> comes to Earth, tries to climb a giant theme park attraction at the end and and take over. Yeah, I mean, this is I mean, it's a tried and true monster subplot for a sci fi film. And this is I mean, this is where we see some of these classic like archetypes get established mm-hmm. and and certainly see its influence on cinema throughout the years, like you mentioned with Men in Black. 
It's a great example of of utilizing, yes, the cockroach overlords. Bugs. So I could be mistaken because I know I mentioned it at the top of the episode, but is this the only movie where they talk to each other? I thought there was another one. So they talk to each other in roars in. No, no, no. I'm talking with like other actual like translated lines <laughs> because I, I distinctly remember watching an English dub. Mm-hmm. And it could have been this film where Godzilla doesn't want to help out humanity because the humans are bullies. Yes. So that that's the that is the English dub for this film. No. That, or is that is that Mechagodzilla? No, that that we, we've already come across that. It's not Mothra versus Godzilla. It's. Oh, is it Gator the Three-Headed Monster? I think it is Gator the Three-Headed Monster where the the twin cuties, the the little um, Majin or, or what happened have you translate for the monsters but in the english i think they just dub over they had the monsters talk saying. okay yeah, maybe that's maybe. what it, maybe that's what it was i, I, I think i watched seeing a dubbing of a awful awful like which way did he go george type of voice yeah. for godzilla saying like the most the, the humans are mean to us <laughs> well well we, we did get that in the the english dubbing for Minya M- Manila in I think All Monsters Attack got a very terrible yeah, English I, I just, translation. I've, I've not of watched that, the English dubbing for some of these films in so long that I mean I yes I, it's it's I'm refreshing twice <laughs> yeah for the most part we're doing the the Japanese original for these films I did watch I think I watched both in preparation for for today's episode because I wanted to hear the <laughs> I wanted to hear. Godzilla, or at least watch that scene for this Godzilla and uh, Angerus talking to one another in like this this weird raspy voice. <laughs> the, oh, the humans are up to something. Go, Angerus, check it out. That's what Godzilla sounds like in this movie, Miles. <laughs> and the Japanese original, of course, they just use the monster's roars, but they have manga style text bubbles pop up over their heads so you can kind of like read their thoughts which is like I've, I've i've seen like no other movie ever do that before it was such an interesting decision yeah it, i mean i certainly get it in terms of especially for a kid's film seeing these monsters talk could be exciting mm-hmm. it, to, to some degree yeah, it makes me wonder if that's the the reason this was was added in here to make them more more friendly. And they're not they don't really act friendly. <laughs> so right, we we've talked about it before, but this film came about because Tomoyuki Tanaka had seen how well re releases of the '60s Godzilla movies were doing during the Toho Champions Festival, and we've talked about the festival a little bit, but I wanted to bring up more precisely what it was because. It's going to be the kind of focus for the so-called champion series of Godzilla films that are going to be through the the mid-70s here. Films, like you said, made directly and specifically for for children for this this festival. And yeah, they were programmed the the champion festivals around the school breaks in Japan in the <clears throat> late 1960s through I think like nine years through the 70s. And they were modeled after Toei's Manga Festival, which started in in 69. And those would go on to premiere and showcase Dragon Ball movies in, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s. 
And likewise, this is where the Godzilla films would start to release. So not all the Godzilla movies are now going to be coming out during the holiday break, but there's also, I think, like a spring break and, you know, a summer break and, and for Japanese kids. And in addition to these new movies, they played classics as well as some TV shows. I think Red Man showed up on their their itinerary and, yeah, released old films going, I think, as far back as The Mysterians was was re-released and i'm glad i think kids could enjoy that movie but yeah. yeah and i mean the, the the theme is certainly on point with this film i mean you have a protagonist who is a, a manga artist slash writer mm-hmm. and they bend over backwards to include him in this plot <laughs> yeah these are are unlikely hero in a lot of ways he, he's gets- our unlikely hero but like in some weird circumstances that them themselves are unlikely, but it's also like, why are you here? <laughs> yeah, well, you could just walk away from this right now. Yes, playing um Gingo, I believe was that was his name, Hiroshi Ishikawa. And- yeah, and and here here is where I do want to kind of pick at the movie a little bit. Is I I understand that they were trying to frame this for kids, but they can't really decide on the type of character they want him to be like he has certain actions of some of our our atypical godzilla kind of male protagonists but then he's also really cartoonish himself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and with with a lot of like over overly done reactions especially when he like nervously laughs which is the weirdest tick i have ever seen <laughs> it done so far because like it's it's not even that it's a nervous laughter as a character thing. It's almost like the actor doesn't know what to do. And he's like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> well, really uh, weird. <laughs> unfortunately, you know, with the downfall of the studio system at Toho, we don't really get any actors coming back and reprising, you know, roles from from prior Godzilla films. You would think we would have a Takarada or or someone along those lines in, in one of these lead roles. But no, yeah. it's all new actors that are out of contract. We do get Haru Nakajima back and Kenpachiro Satsuma as Godzilla and Gaigan, respectively, but they were out of contract at this point, I believe. This is Nakajima's last time as Godzilla, right? Yeah, yeah. I was going to talk about that uh, when we, we talk about the, the suitmation. But yeah, his contract had run out. And he continued, I think, to be he continued, I think, to work at Toho, not mm-hmm. under contract for films. So for many years, I think he he did like whatever job they had around the studio for him, <laughs> which is a shame. But he was a huge supporter of the entirety of the franchise. Yeah, know, his 80s, his last... 90s, 2000s. His last film was a film that I've talked about several times in this podcast, uh, known internationally as Tidal Wave, but mm. in Japan is The Submersion of Japan, a.k.a. the adaptation of Japan Sinks. And right. he he's plays like, a small role in it. He's like a driver or something. Yeah, he's a driver. But I just I'm going to use every every opportunity to talk, talk about that movie that I can throughout the years because <laughs> it's such a great disaster film and everyone needs to see it. Don't see the Roger Corman title wave version. Try to find the original version. Find it on DVD. You can find it on Internet Archive. Trust me, it's great. <laughs> yeah. And rant. <laughs> <laughs> and it, well, we've just been so spoiled with his Godzilla performances for now, you know, 
almost two decades in the suit, which is kind of crazy to to think about. But yeah, it's a shame that, you know, they knew they're going to continue on. They couldn't at least get him back for when we have three more movies, I think, in the championship Godzilla series after this. But let's talk a little bit about the production of the film. I, I mentioned Tomoyuki Tanaka created this because of the interest in the films shown at the champions festival the ones that did the best had Ghidorah in them king Ghidorah. so that's kind of where they jumped off and started this project they set about both shinichi sekazawa and Mabuchi to get a new script both of them they said they uh, uh, tanaka told them we want Ghidorah in this film and we have a new monster gigan so both of those scripts did have both, including one of the early designs was like around Ghidorah being the main villain mm-hmm. and then bringing in a kind of stoolie, I guess, or like a little some backup in the form of Gigan. I think one of the scripts also had Megalon showing up as well, but obviously we would not get Megalon for another film, <laughs> but yeah, and each of them had Godzilla fighting alongside an ally of some sort. Mabuchi's had the very scrappy Anguirus and Sekizawa's initial script actually brought back Rodan and Varen Miles. I <laughs> would have imagine? loved to see Varen get some love. I can imagine them not wanting to put any money into a Varen suit. <laughs> well, I was about to say, you have to make a whole new suit for that. They had the Anguirus suit from Destroy All Monsters. So I think that's why they <laughs> eventually went with that. And they had some stock footage from that movie that they could use here. Right. Yeah, so we get the very famous Ghidorah versus Anguirus drop one more time, which is, you know, okay. Yeah, it's, it's have the fine. Same impact the first time you see yeah, it, I'm let's, sure. Let's talk about our, our new monster because, you know, throughout all of the years, we have never gotten any sort of origin for King Ghidorah. I don't even think we get it in the 91 film. Yeah, well, the, the nine one film is these three little creatures brought backwards in time. Right. I mean, the ninety one film whatever is they it's are. a wild thing. But like, I don't think we've ever gotten like any sort of like, oh, this is what Gator is. This is where it comes from. Mm-hmm. It's always like he's it's from space. He's <laughs> goofing around space, and someone these aliens happen to pal around or at least give him a frequency. That seems to be the most popular thing to kind of get him under their manipulate him. Yeah. To, to, I mean, he's already going to, you know, F stuff up, but at least he can do so for their purposes. And then guy again. Yeah. What are your thoughts on guy again, miles? So one, I've always loved guy look. He's different. He's weird. Guy again. This suit is a little less dangerous looking than I remember him looking. You know, mm-hmm. as a kid, I thought those those claw hands were super sharp. And like now I'm like, oh, man, these look like, you know, uh, rubber, <laughs> rubber. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think it's a cool it's a, a truly alien design. It's very strange. Mm-hmm. And like it, it doesn't have like any sort of particular animalistic like it, it's got like this bipedal body with these, you know, claw hands, but also has a beak. And yeah, this, there's. There's elements of kind of a Godzilla form in there. 
you know, but then all the extremities, they are just like, let's change it up. So one giant yeah. claw, one giant eye, <laughs> beaks I mean, I, with I, the tusks. And I things. definitely think this continues the trend from Hedera of having, you know, an interesting looking new creature. And I think that would have been a big draw is <laughs> that fact that like you've got this new alien. And I always maybe it was the dubbing. I always assumed that Gagan was the cockroach's creature. Mm. I don't know where I got that or the basis from it because it, it feels like, oh, yeah, we've got Gidera. Oh, and then here's our boy, Gigan. Yeah, um, well, I, I think they mentioned they provided upgrades. So I think it yeah, was. Yeah, because he's supposed to be cybernetic. Yeah, so I think the claws are supposed to be like embedded, the, the giant scythe like <laughs> claws. And that's a and, motif that we're going to see done. Much crazier in Final Wars. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Wars. And, and we also, of course, get that buzzsaw tummy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like the world's crazy. deadliest care bear. Very important aspect of of Gigan. So the name Gigan supposedly arrived from a nickname for a very popular actor at the time, Jiro Ishihara, who was nicknamed Nice Guy or Nice Guy. And the game comes from the Japanese word for goose, which is hilarious because like a gander, you know, of right. Geese, but G-A-N. So, yeah, if if Gojira's name comes from gorilla whale, Gigan's comes from man goose. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See Maverick out here to take care of business. The original um, do- design was Takayoshi Mizuki, and it was modeled by Nobuyuki Yasumaru, who so- designed also the suit for Hedera and would come back for Heisei Godzilla and mm. Biolante. So this is some... I can definitely see some some bio not Biolante, but like I can definitely see the same person designing that because they're in the in the sketch there is this kind of spiny webbed like appendage coming out of his back. Mm-hmm. And that kind of reminds me of like a, maybe like a, a lizard's quill or something. And it's really, really, really cool. I like it a lot. I, I think it's probably one of my favorite designs for Godzilla in the, the Showa era, at least as far as his enemies go, for sure. It's, it's a good one. It's the most original, for sure. It does feel kind of like they just threw everything, including the kitchen sink in, and we're like, let's just make it, make it look evil. And they succeeded. I mean, they absolutely do. I mean... <sighs> I think it's the most original design successfully executed on screen because I think Hedera's design is extremely original, but yeah. not necessarily executed to perfection on screen. Yeah. Whereas Gigan, while I mean, in on, by our modern eyes, doesn't look quite as menacing as he might have. He looks pretty great. I agree. I agree. We're going to see and this. Ghidorah uh, is uh, a, a mixed bag here. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's, like I said, not too many, like, new <laughs> King Ghidorah scenes. All the stuff that comes from Destroyal Monsters and even earlier Ghidorah appearances looks great. It looks mm-hmm. very, very good. And then it, it does seem like he loses a little bit of neck muscles or, or tone <laughs> when he's flopping around the Godzilla Land set later on. That set, by the way, pretty cool. I, I kind of wish there were some more buildings in it, but it's awesome that we get something that Gamera versus 
uh, Jiger didn't give us, which was like a fairground with attractions that actually get destroyed. <laughs> Obviously, Godzilla, yeah. Godzilla I mean, Tower gets that, messed up. His head gets right. you blown look at that, up. You look at that Godzilla Tower and you're like, I want Godzilla to light that thing up. And he does. The idea of like that's their base of operations and it's got the the eye beams and stuff is really cool. I, you know, th- they were like this close to making like a new Mecha Godzilla or the first prototype Mecha Godzilla right here if they had only made it like somewhat movable. But <laughs> unfortunately, no, we're gonna have to wait a couple movies for that. One movie? What's next? <laughs> Two movies. Uh, Megawan's next, isn't it? Yeah. So, so oh, you meant you mentioned some of the city destruction, and this is the one thing that I think gets as the budgets get uh, less focused on the sets. That's the stuff that suffers the most because mm-hmm. it becomes very clear the type of I would say almost like ready-made sets that we will get from the Showa era in general. So, you know, we were used to get like these really good detailed cityscapes. And now it's like, here are your generic buildings that you're going to see get destroyed that you'll you'll see that this kind of archetype used in Super Sentai from years to come. And it's not going to change a whole lot. That said, while I, I do think there is a little bit of a kind of a plasticine nature to the way the the model cities and stuff look. It's still pretty fun to like watch a guy again, just kind of take a look at a building. It's like, huh. And just let that saw start to go and just walk right into <laughs> a skyscraper. Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm fine with that. So long as they, they do use what they they're able to do. And there's, there's pretty cool shots of Gigan's blade actually like cutting off parts of buildings and stuff. So they're utilizing it. Well, and I, I was going to mention along with the pseudomation, this is, also, I mean, it's the peak of Haru Nakajima in his craft. Some very good fights. There's some great physical falls that he takes as Godzilla. This movie's got Godzilla on the ropes a lot, and it's like the only time it's kind of been a fair fight for King Ghidorah. Every other time he's getting curb stomped by like three to seven different kaiju. <laughs> so having him have a an ally made it made it interesting i actually the last like 20 minutes or so are kind of the the combat at the the end of the film and that part's really quite interesting as opposed to our prior godzilla movie versus hetero where that falls a little flat the the end the the climax and you got elements of the human story with our 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 main characters the hippies and gingo famous manga artist taking on the the cockroach aliens some interesting stuff the 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 main alien that really stands out for me is kubuta the the kind of right hand man for the the children's land world children's land big boss alien boss yeah i mean there's so much about this movie that that does feel like a versus movie i mean outside of just the title like everything at the beginning is trying to get you pumped up about you know Godzilla versus Gigan and it, it's mm-hmm. just it's it does a really good job the problem is Godzilla and the other monsters don't really come into contact until further into the movie and this is this is an example of where some of the human story does sort of drag things down a little bit because you know they're not used to being they don't have the option to be completely dependent on the monsters to, to control the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so 
I think what does drag it down a little bit is like, yeah, we get these scenes of like, oh, there's some weird stuff going on. Hey, Angerish, check it out. So we get to see the monsters. And the, they do a good job of like kind of, you know, showcasing some monsters early on, just doing kind of some day-to-day life stuff. But in terms <laughs> of like the, the marquee monsters, I mean, it feels like it takes forever to get to at least even Gigan and Ghidorah showing mm-hmm. up and doing things well yeah that, that's the the plot of most of these later era showa movies it's not really about the monsters destruction but it is more about just those big end film tag team battles and yeah i think it's one of the things that gamera did well but also lacked is there was a lot of one, great one-on-one fights in the kind of middle Gamera movies, especially, you know, you can get like two or three big battles between between the Kaijus. Mm-hmm. But uh, Gamera never had a buddy. I think he he really should have eventually turned a, a former foe to an ally. Like how cool would it have been if Gauss had teamed up with him at least once? <laughs> like they're they're on the same wavelength for I mean, for I one definitely thing. would like Gamera to have a buddy. I mean, I know they wouldn't play, but I just feel like Gamera and Mothra would be the team. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they both got the flight capabilities. They both let people kind of fly on their back. They're both kind of like kind of peace oriented friend to children. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I feel like that would be a good a good duo. Right. A very pure hearted monster duo. Yeah, they're they're lawful good for sure. <laughs> Godzilla is like chaotic neutral at best. <laughs> right. Uh, no, Godzilla is almost like the an older brother. He's like, you know, I can pound on you, but nobody else can. You know, so I'll I'll mess Tokyo up, and as soon as someone else comes in on my turf, oh, they're in for it. Do you have a favorite scene in the film, Miles? I mean, it's it's hard to like favorites a uh, uh, loose turn uh there are some some goofy scenes everything involving the espionage just makes me (laughs) laugh from from the tracking cigarettes that that whole exchange when he like when (laughs) when the chief gives him cigarettes is so awkward like so genuinely awkward it makes me laugh so hard (laughs) yeah i also love that they they purposely throw out that his sister girlfriend sister sister Mm is like a black belt so that later <laughs> yeah. you can have her just mess everybody up. That was great. I mean, that, I've seen very forward thinking of them. Yeah. To have um, her that be the, that the kind hitter. of stuff I really enjoyed. Obviously I love the monster fights. I mean, getting to see some, some wrestling out of these monsters is pretty great. I mean, I'll never get sick of Godzilla just taking Ghidorah by the neck and just smacking him on the ground. Yeah, Jun Fukuda so far has done three movies where like big groups of guys and girls have kind of like come together to to take on bad guys, if not evil organizations, bunches of kaiju and things like that, which, you know, it's and, funny because, it, I mean, it's the same writer for a, most of the Godzilla movies. Right. But. And I mean, getting to see Ghidorah and Gaian get like, you know, smashed together in a, a typical kind of tag team fashion, or I think they like slam Ghidorah on it onto his like saw is is great. And I mean, obviously, of course, we get the probably what this movie's known for the most the iconic drawing of first blood from Godzilla. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We get some, it's like a head wound on, on Godzilla from, from Gigan. And uh, we, we've obviously already had 
other monsters bleed out, but now it will become kind of a standard thing, I think, for the the rest of the champion series. Godzilla will have to take some licks, you know, and you, you know that he's gonna be on the ropes because he gets a a bleeding wound in in this film and the 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 later Showa films. Which is and I mean funny because it's also kind of how Gamera operated. He got some fairly bloody scenes in for these children's kaiju movies. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, some of these things are totally all over the place where you'll have like, okay, I can see where this is kind of goofy and for kids. And then it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to mess Godzilla up and we're going to have people get threatened by death. Mm-hmm. And we're also going to show these guys absolutely getting i think someone gets shot in the back at yeah. some point like there i mean there there's there's some violence and that doesn't mean they can't be for kids because that we're obviously coming from different perspectives on on what makes sense for something for kids um or at least different perspectives on what we understand to be the norm i should say because I mean, this <laughs> yeah. is all perfectly fine to me norm um, in the the 70s in japan obviously was a little different than well, <laughs> what we would you know think. Not to not to plug another show that I'm on, but Drew and I have been going through different seasons of Common Writer on the More You Nerd for for last month, and I mean it's interesting to see that like while you know that kind of stuff is kind of tied in these days with Masked Writer, it's a kids show. The origins of of Common Writer, like that first season, it's it's dark. Oh yeah, it is. I mean, there's murderous Nazis in it, and (laughs) yeah, there's murderous Nazis. People get killed or dissolved i mean and that stays with the franchise for a while so i mean miles nothing's going to surprise me after we watched johnny sacco and his giant robot the boy (laughs) in the space that was was the most disturbing thing watch a 10 year old get snipered (laughs) yeah when a kid got shot i was like what (laughs) i love it i love it so much um cool legacy that i i stumbled upon Mm -hmm. uh is uh one of the I guess historians or something for Sonic stuff was talking about the design of Mecha Sonic or the anti-Sonic in Sonic CD and specifically mentioned that Gigan and Mecha Godzilla were direct inspirations for the design of the creature to make the, to, to make Mecha Sonic look strong and painful. They used these concept from both those monsters, which now like Mecha Godzilla, I can kind of see okay, a Mecha Sonic, but the the way the visor looks on on uh, Mecha Sonic is very similar to Gigan's. Mm, I can see and that. And I and and the kind of the sharp spines. I mean, obviously mimicking Sonic's hair mm-hmm. back, but I'm like, oh yeah, that that is a kind of a combination between the two. That's very cool. I never thought about that, and I just happened to stumble upon that this past week, and I thought it'd be a, a cool little anecdote because I'm Sonic CD is one of my favorite Sonic games. So yeah, of course we're gonna get. Gigan back in Godzilla versus Megalon next, but also skipped over the Heisei series, but would come back in a pretty insane form in Godzilla Final Wars for a, Mm -hmm. you know, at this point, final, final (laughs) appearance in the the series. Although we did. Well, we got got the short, an amazing short. Both, so cool. <laughs> well, we both got a, an animated one from Toho, and there's a fan one that came out at Godzilla Fest three in the same year. The, is year. the same is it the same team that did the Hedro one last year. 
I believe so. It's the 50th anniversary of this movie, the 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 year 2022. So there's a lot of Gigan love out there for for them. Yeah, I'm. I know that, you know, in the last month, we've had announcements that Toho has officially announced their their Godzilla movie coming out, I think, like next November. Yeah. Um, yeah. A a period piece film for for Godzilla, which sounds all awesome. excited. I'm very excited. Sounds I mean, great. You know, Patrick has always teased. Oh, this is a finite project, but like we keep getting more and more stuff. And now we just well, got a new Gamera film announced. Yeah. Or maybe series. We, I'm, I'm not sure if we, we know for, for certain on yeah, Netflix, I, but it, right yeah, now we, uh, yes, clear your schedule until the end of 2025 at the very <laughs> least, but that's, that's still three years or two and a half years of, of potential new other projects to, so, to be announced. Patrick, how did this film do? How how did Godzilla versus Gigan fare? Well, of the 10 years of champion film releases, this had the highest attendance when it was initially released. It narrowly beat out Godzilla versus Hedera and unfortunately all the other films attendance continued to slide despite i think maybe the movie's getting better. <laughs> well, and- I, I certainly the influence sticks higher with some of the future films but yeah the the initial attendance but i mean that that happens i mean but i mean look blade runner the thing bombed and they are considered absolute stone cold classics <laughs> now so i mean i you know i think though comparing this to the 60 60s godzilla movies uh, this is still down from i think anything destroy all monsters or earlier it didn't do as well as any of those films which you know that's exactly what ashiro honda warned about is if you're going to reuse footage fans will stop coming they're they're going to get uh bored with with the 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 product and seven of (laughs) seven minutes of the 89 minute runtime of this film is stock footage from you know for the most part better movies Invasion of Astro Monster, Destroy All Monsters, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, basically anyone where Ghidorah was a a main villain, but as well as some of the destruction scenes from Rodan and War of the Gargantuas is in there, which is just pretty crazy. One thing I want to mention as well is we got a new Godzilla song recorded for the, the closing credits of this movie, a new Godzilla's March song with lyrics by uh, Susumo Ishikawa and arranged by uh, Kunio Miyauchi. And yeah, it had a couple other songs, but that's the the main one that will I I think we're going to hear a couple more times in the series. That was it's pretty great. I loved it. I love all Godzilla music in general, but that one was very catchy. Uh, yeah, get... I, I liked it. I mean. The 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 version of Go Go Godzilla that I I recognize is certainly the <laughs> the Blue Oyster Cult song. Yeah, yeah. There was a, a an arrangement called Go Go Godzilla as well, which maybe that's where they got the title from because this is seven years before the Blue Oyster Cult song. But there's there's a couple original arrangements as well as they did reuse some of the Akira Ufukube tracks as well. Not not as many as you think. They really kind of went their own direction in the. The champion series, the seventies Godzilla's. Miles, let's talk about our personal enjoyment. Get get this thing rated for, for right. the podcast. What what did so, you think? 
I, I walked into this one with a, a little bit of hubris because I really expected this one to maybe not get a 10, but like my childhood memories of this are so high mm. and it doesn't quite live up to the movie that I I had made in my head as a kid. And this was a pretty important one to me as a kid because I watched it so many times and it was kind of one of those comfort movies for me. Like that mm. double that double pack VHS set got a I mean, got worn out in my house. So so there is a little nostalgia going into this. But at the same time, while it is on the weaker side in terms of script and actors, God again, so cool. I mean, just base based on the, the basic story. It's really fun. I I don't look at my watch too often, despite the fact that the human story does slow down. But the kaiju action is a blast, even even with the reused footage. I think it's reused pretty okay it's it's not the best but it's 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 fine if you haven't seen the other movies mm-hmm. and that that fight between Angerus godzilla and gaian and Ghidra is an absolute blast yeah it's worth some of the pacing issues for yeah, sure it's getting there at the end it's on the lower side of great for me but i'm still giving it an eight out of ten for personal mm-hmm. enjoyment but it is on a, a, a low eight in if i'm being fully objective but i do enjoy this movie a good deal I gave it an eight out of ten as well. I think you're you're on to something as far as my personal enjoyment as well. There's so many good ideas here, and it feels like a mashup. You know, maybe because they use old footage of some of the older films and some of the the championship ideas, but yeah, still some of the problems that that we're we're gonna get did, in these lower budget Godzilla films. Did you think we were gonna possibly get the homework monster? When you first watched it, because I they kept, wish they, they kept building up that like, OK, this homework monster, this homework monster. I'm like, please, for the love of God, like, give us the homework monster. <laughs> it would have been fun if they had at least tried to make a suit for, I don't know, like a, a coda on the film. Like, oh, we're going to reopen another theme park and here's our mascot or something along those lines. But yes, uh, you can only wish. But that brings us to the technical aspect of this movie which i'm digging some points because of the stock footage the you know kind of butchering of the ifukube scores and in in a few places and yeah the positive side we've got a great new monster suit in in gigans but yeah the plot you know it's already been it feels like used a couple times Mm -hmm. and directorially i don't think there's a june fukuda is best because prior two entries were 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 more interesting and uh, like I said, it's probably a budget thing, but I'm I'm still only giving this one a six out of ten for the technical. What about you? I I I my heart agrees with you, <laughs> or actually my brain agrees with you. My heart disagrees <laughs> with you. I I do think the script is a little all over the place. The sets don't look great. The acting is weird for a lot of the characters. It's very, it almost borders on pantomimes for some things. We're like, oh, th- these aren't really adults. These are cartoons <laughs> of adults. But the 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 Gaian outfit looks awesome. Even even if I like things that looks a little silly from a modern per- perspective for 1971, this this costume looks awesome. I am a big fan of this look for Godzilla. The general like. As far as the Showa era, I love this kind of like grumpy Gus Godzilla. He <laughs> just makes me smile so much. And when it comes to the new fights, they look really good. So I'm really conflicted. I'm I'm going to score this a little bit higher and give it a seven. I, again, a very low. I mean, just 7.0. 
it squeaks by on its charm, but all those criticisms are a hundred percent valid. <laughs> I just they're they're not as quite a big a deal for me because the sum of the parts ends up being so entertaining. Yeah, this is uh, of course you mentioned the the suit. This is uh, the Shoshing Geki Goji, the same suit we've had for the last four Godzilla movies, mm-hmm. and I, is going to be used two more times, and is going to show its age. Yeah, but <laughs> I, just, after I love this that one. grumpy Godzilla look. He, it's a great, like, it's classic Godzilla. I think as it ages, like it makes it more fun because I'm like, oh man, he looks he, he looks like he wants to be anywhere else but here. And I, <laughs> something about that Godzilla like being the get off my lawn monster just makes me so happy. Oh, right. So for the evocative nature, the, our final score that we put out here, I went fairly low with this one as well. I think this as a Godzilla film as art, it's, it's very low, but as maybe a representation of the Showa era, this is what I think of when I think of these movies. I don't usually think of Showa Godzilla as, you know, Godzilla versus Mothra. That was still the character like in development. This is the character fully developed and, you know, punching and, and being on the side of, of humans. I do think, though, it might be my least favorite of the champion series hmm. <laughs> which is surprising i still haven't rewatched the the other ones recently but yeah so the for the evocative nature of this film i'm giving it a, a six out of ten as well Watch so uh i'm going a little higher than you on this i i absolutely think this as some of that is indicative of the Showa era. When I think of the Showa mm-hmm. era, I think of cockroach aliens. I think of Ghidra yes. and some other monster mucking about. I think of Angerus for whatever reason. And <laughs> I do everything, <laughs> everything of a Showa movie, even if this isn't the best Showa era movie, everything that I like through cultural osmosis, like knew about Godzilla as a kid. And I think that how a lot of people kind of think of Godzilla, I think comes from a movie like this. The reputation it has as being the one that makes Godzilla bleed. Mm. I mean, that holds a lot of significance. It's also introducing, while not the most prolific monster, I think one of his deadliest enemies, Mm. and obviously teaming with one of his deadliest enemies, makes this a pretty interesting film in the the Godzilla zeitgeist. And, And for that reason, more than its actual significance for being an actual amazing film, I'm I'm popping higher. I'm giving this an eight because I think the the Ooh. actual reputation this movie has is pretty great. Um, I think it's pretty elite in terms of just the significance this movie has brought to the Godzilla canon. Whether or not the movie itself is as high as that rating is obviously in the eye of the beholder. But I think this movie's importance in the general understanding of a Godzilla film is pretty mm-hmm. high. See, I, I, I would, I would say that our, our next movie in the Godzilla series, I, I might have a more of a soft spot for, and is even more campy than this one. But then of it course is. we get, we get some mega Godzilla's and those are true classics perhaps, but that that'll bring your score to a 7.6 mine to a 6.6 and our podcast final to a seven, which is okay. Maybe actually, 
slightly low, but I think that's where this should be. I'm I'm okay with it being a seven. Again, my personal leanings really affected my score with this one. I'm okay. I mean, seven's a good score. That still means it's a, a better than average film and it's got some great stuff to it. I think seven's perfectly acceptable for this movie. Like I said, this movie holds a lot of nostalgia for me. And I also have a lot of affection for the monster. I think when we first mm-hmm. talked about some of our favorite kaiju in our very first episodes, I talked about how much I'm a, I'm a fan of Gigan. So I I definitely am okay with this being like objectively a seven, even though if I kind of gave it more of an eight, I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah, it just I w- we just had both such a, a fun time with Godzilla versus Hedera. It, it is coming coming to this one immediately after is yeah slightly disappointing is honestly an unsung classic to me (laughs) uh in a lot of ways that i i think people are now starting to really come around on but yeah this this one being being a seven perfectly perfectly fine with this is a great godzilla film and if you have your own opinion of godzilla versus gaian Shoot it over to us at Godzilla versus history at gmail.com or on our Twitter at Kaiju versus history. Please rate, review our show, comment, share with friends. Let us know what you think. Check out our Letterboxd account to see all our reviews of our watched movies. And like I said, I would love to hear your opinions. We've gone through most of this franchise and, you know, we're we're ending. We're getting close to the end of the Showa era. And I really want to know whether if you're a newcomer or if you grew up with these films I want to know what your favorites are. I want to know, you know, where you fall in line with us. If I've been too harsh in a movie or if Patrick's been too kind, let us know. But Patrick, what's going on next week? Never too kind. Never. Right. We'll see next week. (laughs) Next week. Thank you, Miles and our listeners. Tune in next time when a new monster movie approaches. This time aimed squarely at the sensibilities of children that is right tune in next time for history versus daigoro versus goliath